So let me say this. Last week I introduced the five biblical ministries that have to be active and effective in order to grow the church. And I told you all that God is preparing us for church growth. Say amen to that. Because he really, really is. All this word he keeps giving me is related to the growth of the ministry. Amen. And everybody I meet is saying the same thing. The ministry is about to explode. Amen. I talked to a young lady. Uh, she was a prophetess. She prophesied the wedding that I attended yesterday. Isn't that something? <laughs> she told the young lady how she was going to get married, the date, if she knew it. Amen. And you know what she said? You know, I had to get in her ear. I said, you know what, prophetess? What is God giving you? <laughs> God give you, because we was all having dinner together, right? I'm like, what is God giving you? And it pretty much amounted to the ministry is about to explode. Amen. And when she said that, <laughs> I, I said, this is a prophet is right. Because God has been, been showing me and preparing us for that. Amen. <clears throat> and when we just look at the state of the church today and the world today, really the world, it's obvious that building up God's kingdom is really, really crucial. It's of great importance, saints. It's necessary because we're, we're in the last days. Amen. Time is running out. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So let's review real quick and just refresh the five areas of ministry we need to we need active. One, remember, was evangelism, which we covered in detail last week. Education, fellowship, worship and service. Amen. And I said, basically, your purpose and your gifts are going to fit in one of those five categories. But you know what the Lord showed me? Many of us who are in here today <laughs> and on Zoom as well fit all the categories. We evangelize. We educate. We fellowship. We worship. And we serve. Amen. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus, when all them gifts are working. And when I look at these five categories, though, you know what I think about? And the Lord showed me that just this morning, I think about the five gifts Christ gave the church. You remember he gave the church five gifts. What did he give us? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And a healthy church have all these gifts to equip the people. What does it say? For the perfecting of the saints. So let's just, let, just, just take a little look at this closer. So the apostles, they really extend the gospel. Amen. But you know what the prophets do? They know the will. They know God's will. <laughs> Amen. Evangelists, we recruit. Amen. We, we, talk, we tell them the good news. We <laughs> talking to the lost. <laughs> And shepherds nurture and protect. Amen. And teachers understand and explain. <laughs> so when each ministry style or gift speaks into the life of the church, the kingdom of God advances powerfully. I want you all to see this. See, with our gifts working, God is preparing us for, for the church growth. 
Amen. We started with evangelism, which is simply preaching the gospel to the lost, right? And I said we are all evangelists at one point or another. And if we want to set them free, we got to tell them the truth, right? And we looked at how Peter evangelized to the house of Israel, letting them know that the about the crucifixion of Christ. Just going to do this quick review. Peter told them in Acts 2, what was, I think it was verse 38, to repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So that was, that was a great example of how we must evangelize. We got to advise them to repent because, you know, they're going to say, well, what do I need to do? You telling me about this Christ? How does it work for me? What do I need to do? And repent is, a, is the number one on the list. Turn from your way and turn to God's way. Turn from your evil thoughts to the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and that's called confrontational evangelizing, a straightforward preaching or public speaking. There's so many ways to confront and spread the gospel, the good news, saints. And I, I think I said last week I talked about media and television and seminars and Bible studies and prayer. That's how you spread the gospel. Amen. But last week we ended up with the Apostle Paul. I really like this one. Speaking to the men in Athens who were superstitious and uh, philosophers. Amen. And Paul's approach there was called intellectual evangelism. Remember? At the end of the day, Paul told them the same thing, though. What did he tell them? Repent. Amen. <laughs> you all remember. Let's, let's look at it. Just a couple of those scriptures real quick. Acts 17. Look at verse 28. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offsprings. <laughs> Show you what God showed me about that. You know, something. You can look at it and God give you some more revelation. You look at it and God give you some more revelation. You also hear us men in that Bible study. Oh, Lord. We can't stay on text. Matter of fact, we didn't do our reports. We're going to have to do them in the end because I want to do it. Amen. But, uh, you know, yeah. So, so we're the offsprings of God, right? And, uh, this is an example uh, uh, Paul did of, of intellectual evangelism because we are the children of God, his offspring. Yes. Now watch how knowing this gets intellectual. Look at verse 29. It says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. Remember, these were superstitious people, lacking understanding. And so sometimes we have to preach to folks who think they know, but they gone way off. They superstitious. They think they know God just as well as Paul do. But, they, but they're worshiping golden images and, and, uh, and uh, uh, how did Paul put it? Gold and silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. Things, the creation. See, many want to worship the creation and not the creator. Amen. Amen. So he showed them how to think. Intellectual, because if you, if you, how can we be offspring, think about it now, 
and come from gold or silver or stone graven image, a piece of art created by man. How can we be the offspring of that? <laughs> See, it's intellectual. You have to think about that. We God's offsprings, but we here worshiping some gold and some graven art by man. That can't be right. How is that possible? See, intellectual evangelism creates thought. It makes people think about what makes sense. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 30. And the times of this at and the times of this ignorance God winked at. <laughs> but now command of all men everywhere, what saints? To repent. <laughs> so here we go. At the end of the day, we have to repent. Amen. If you want to follow Christ, you can't keep doing it your way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Repentance is, is so necessary. You know, I heard this this uh rabbi. He was talking about how when the when that, when them planes hit the the, the trade the the, the uh, World Trade Center, <clears throat> he said that turned America. Everybody was really trying to come together, and like a revival. But then he said this powerful thing. He said, "But you can't have revival without repentance. <laughs> you got to first repent." Turn toward the Lord. Yeah, we wanted to come together, you know, because America's macho, and we wanted to get together. Oh, they did this to us, and we, we are united now. So it was a, a, a revival of some sort, but there was no repentance. Hey, we sorry. You know, we sorry for how we living, Lord God. We, where's the hedge of protection that's around us, Lord? See, we moving away from God. Now things can happen. Oh, when he said that, it really was, it really blessed me. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, saints, we have to repent. Turn from our way to God's way. Or from our evil thoughts to the mind of Christ. <laughs> I liked Paul's report, uh, approach on the men in Athens. It was awesome. But because evangelism is so crucial in growing, the kingdom of God, saints. Today, I want to show you a few other forms of evangelism before we get into the next part of the five areas of ministry, which is education. Amen? Amen. So I want to get all the meat off this bone called evangelism. Amen. That's what we do in the, in, the, in the early morning prayer. We going so, I mean, in the, in the man's Bible study, we going so slow. Y'all ladies would be like, what? I, but I mean, it's so powerful. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. So I'm going to show you a few other forms of evangelism before we get to the education. It's a form of evangelism, saints, called testimonial. Everybody say testimonial. testimonial. We used to have a testimony uh, service at the end of every, every month. The last Sunday of the month was our testimony service. Well, I'm going to show you something about that testimonial evangelism. See, when, we, when you give a testimony, you're really evangelizing because you're showing what God has done for you. Amen? So I want to show you how it looks by reading the story of the demoniac in Luke. <laughs> Luke chapter 8. I'm going to show you all this. It's called testimony evangelism. Amen? Testimonies are important. Thank you, Jesus. I know every time I get my testimony of 
what God did in relationship to my son, it's just people just <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> what? Uh, the, the guy, actually, my son's wife now, who he married yesterday, dad was talking about that. He, I guess he was thinking about that, and he mentioned some things about that. See, that testimony, people talk. Amen. Your testimony is powerful. And many of us have great testimonies on what really brought us to the Lord. Amen. But look how it goes in Luke 8. Look at verse 1. It says, And it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. So Jesus went everywhere. What was he really doing? He said preaching and showing the glad. He was evangelizing, right? He's our perfect example. He's also a teacher and a worshiper and a fellow fellowshipping and a servant, all of that. Amen. See, our perfect example operated in all the gifts. All 12 of his disciples were with him. That's what this scripture was saying when he was going throughout every city and village. How many did he go through? He said every one of them. <laughs> Amen. Oh, we got work to do, don't we? Look at verse 2. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. So Jesus going throughout all these cities, <laughs> amen, and villages, and Mary Magdalene was with him. Right? right? So we had to look at verse 3. And Joanna, the wife of Chosa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. So it's saying Jesus had all these women with him supporting the work of the ministry. And if they had infirmities like Mary Magdalene, what did he do? He healed them. Oh, y'all got to see this. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 4. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. Here we go with the parables. <laughs> but we just own these parables. Verse 5, a sower went out to sow. We was on this parable. <laughs> in Mark, though, right? Now we in Luke. Here we go again. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. Here we go, saints. Everybody say, here we go. Seed time and harvest came up again. <laughs> But I reference this passage of scripture in, this, in Luke 8 to show you testimonial evangelism. We already know what seed time and harvest is about, right? We covered that two or three uh, services. But remember what the scripture said in Mark 4. Because, you know, this one you should never forget. He said, if you don't understand this parable right here, seed time and harvest, how then can you understand any parable? But today we're not going to go through Luke account of seed time and harvest. We're not doing that today. We did it in Mark. Amen. And this is the same. He's going through the same thing only in Luke. I want to show you how Jesus put testimonial evangelism into action. So let's go down further. We're not going to go through the seed time and harvest. Saints of God. Say amen to that. Go down to Luke. Chapter 8, and look at verse 26. 
What we on again? Testimonial evangelism, right? All right. Go to Luke 8 and verse 26. And they arrived at the country of Gardenes, which is over against Galilee. So wherever this country is of the Gardenes, it's near the Sea of Galilee. Say amen to that. That's what the scripture is saying. Look at verse 27. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time. And wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. You hear in this camp? <laughs> Here we got a man possessed with demons for a long time. He just didn't get possessed. He was possessed, this scripture says, for a long time, running around naked, living in the grave. Ain't that what the scripture say? Y'all with me on this one? <laughs> Can you picture this scene? Can you picture this scene, Cam? Uh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me say this. Because it's said that demon spirits hang out around graveyards. That's what they say, because they left the dead, whoever they were possessing, and they're looking for another body to possess. <laughs> you all hear me? So people who like to go to visit grave sites definitely need to have Jesus Living inside of them. Oh, I'm giving you some meat right now. <laughs> See, demons don't come where Jesus is. They don't, they don't do that. Amen. But if you don't have Christ inside of you, you have no business visiting the grave site. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. I said if you don't have Christ living inside of you, you haven't invited him in to sit on the throne of your heart, don't be going to grave sites visiting folks. Amen. Because them demons, what I hear, like to hang out around. That's why they, those sites are kind of eerie. <laughs> what did Jesus say about the dead? Amen. You know, the man had accepted Christ and he excited about it. Like all of us get when we accept Christ, we get real excited about him. <laughs> and he wanted to go home and bury his daddy. He said, I'm going to follow you, but first let me go home and bury my daddy. What did Jesus tell him? He said, let the dead bury the dead. You pick up your cross and follow me. He said, don't you be going back. Oh, I'm trying to show you all something today. Thank you, Jesus. Let me also add this about that scripture. Because <laughs> in those days when Jesus met this man, they were not trying to cure people who were thought to be insane. Minister Lisa said, a lunatic spirit. They don't have like insane asylums and all that. You know what they did with them in that day? They just drove them off. Right. And they lived wherever they could. Right. Look where he was living. Right. In the cemetery. I want y'all to see this. Amen. Look at verse 28. When he saw Jesus. Everybody say, when he saw Jesus. He, saw <laughs> he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of God, most high. Did he know who he was? I beseech thee, torment me not. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. See, you will all see what I'm talking about. Saying Demons don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus. Amen. Also notice the demons knew who Jesus was. Amen. 
Elder Vic, you got a lot of feedback. You you just logged on to? Yeah, you're going to have to log off because I'm hearing a lot of feedback, so I know they can't hear me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. So the demons, they don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> the son of God, the most high. Say amen to that. Amen. Now, why don't demons want to have anything to do with Jesus? <laughs> well, it says it in the scripture because he torments them. He said, I beseech thee. What does that mean? I beg you, torment me not. Please don't torment me, Jesus. <laughs> I want you all to stay focused, saints of God. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Elder God. Bless you. Thank you, Jesus. We sure missed that one, but we'll get the rest. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus torments devils. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, I want you all to stay focused. What are we talking about today? Testimonial evangelism. I'm going to show it to you in this passage right here. Amen. All right, look at verse 29. It says, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven out of the devil into the wilderness. Thank you, Jesus. So it says, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. <laughs> now it said, but oftentimes this man was caught, caught him, and he was kept bound with chains. No, it says, no, no, you know what this is saying? So the devils like to get us bound and out in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> I like in the wilderness to being alone, being by ourselves without God. Right. Oh, they like dealing with you when you like that. <laughs> so <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. So you don't want to hang out in the wilderness, saints. You want to hang out with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, this man had been so tormented that the townspeople had chained him. That's what this scripture is saying. They had chained him and fettered him. And he broke the chains and ran out to the tombs in the wilderness. <laughs> what is fetters? Anybody know what fetters is? It said he had chained and fettered him. Fetters is those, those bonds they put on your feet. You know how they change your hands and your feet? That's what they saying. Amen, like shackles. Chains and then fetters. So he was, but he broke all, out of all that. Ran out into the, to the tombs. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so, in verse 30, it says, And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. <laughs> now, you know, it says Legion is like 2,000 the number 2,000, or a whole regiment. Yeah, many demons. But I wanted, you know, I looked at that word legion, and I was just kind of studying it, and I ran into the French Foreign Legion. Guess how many people that were? How many, how many military soldiers that was? It was three to 6,000 men. <laughs> so this man had a lot of demons. He had a lot of devils, amen? 
And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. So they begged Jesus saying, because Jesus cast them out. Let me go back because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't give you that last part. It says, and was driven out of the devil into the wilderness. And now Jesus commands this evil spirit to come out of him. And, and his, again, his feet fettered and shackled uh, by his feet. Amen. Okay, now let's go back to verse 31. And they besought him that he would not command them to go into the deep. So they besought me, they begged Jesus not to send him into the deep. What's the deep? <laughs> you know what the deep, the deep is the abyss, the, meaning the pit, the underworld, amen, the prison of bound demons who disobey. <laughs> Don't send us there, whatever you do. Because they knew Jesus had the power and the authority to send them anywhere he desired to send them. So they pleaded, please don't send us to hell. That's really what they were saying. Don't send us to hell, Lord. But this is what I love about Jesus. Demons, first of all, are subject to him. That's what I'm trying to show you all right now. And when Jesus is living inside of you, guess what? They subject to you. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. That's why we can cast them back to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Look at verse 32. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. <laughs> Isn't our God merciful? They besought him. They begged him. Just let us go into them pigs. <laughs> don't send us to the abyss. Don't send us to, to the deep. Please don't send us to hell. Can we just go into the pigs? That's what they were saying. And he said, go ahead. <laughs> See, de demons' first choice is to live in us, saints. But when they cannot find a body, they'll choose an animal. See, they need a flesh body. They need something to live in. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 33. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a, a steep place into the lake and were choked. <laughs> Look how the swine reacted to the demon possession. Huh? The swine was like, we, uh-uh. They just went mad. Oh, you just think, 2,000 or more demons just coming into you? They went berserk. Amen. They said, oh, we're killing ourselves. <laughs> they fled. Look, I said they ran, and the herd ran violently wow. <laughs> down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Wow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They just drowned themselves. Now, what does this have to do with testimonial evangelism? Let's look at verse 34. When they that fed them saw what was done, <laughs> somebody was feeding them pigs, right? When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. What was they doing? Evangelizing. This is testimonial 
evangelism. They was giving their testimony. We was there, and then we saw these demons come out of this man, and then they ran into my herd of pigs, and then the pigs ran and killed themselves. Who is this Jesus? That's what they was doing. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What does this have to do with testimony evangelism? That's what it got to do with it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Look at verse 35. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of, the, out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Didn't Elder Vic pray that for us today? <laughs> you see how that work? <laughs> Lord, thank you for waking us up clothed in our right mind with all the activities on That's where it come from. Didn't he just pray that for us? Let me read it again. <laughs> Let me read that verse again, verse 35. It says, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and what happened? And they got scared. They got scared. And they were afraid. See, when you give your testimony of what God has done for you, many who don't know Jesus, you know what happened? They get afraid. They're like, what did he just say? What did his son, God, took his son, then told him the son was with him. And... and I just sent him here to show you what you look like to me. And what? <laughs> just think when somebody hears some stuff like that. When I tell, they sitting there like, what did he just say? <laughs> How in the world? <laughs> then they get afraid. Amen. <laughs> and you'll be saying, Lord, you love me like that? <laughs> I say, don't you know I will do anything for you? I died for you. There's no good thing where I withhold from you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. They get afraid, saints, when you get that testimony. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 36. They also, which saw it, told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. So when they testified the power of Christ, that testimony evangelism, they said, this is how he got healed. This man, Jesus, yeah. stepped over, stepped to him and commanded them to come out of the man. Yeah. Oh, they tested, they, they, they doing this testimony evangelism right now. They're giving this powerful testimony. Can you imagine hearing something like that? Mm. <laughs> Look at verse 37. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gardarenes round about besought him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Y'all catch this revelation right here. See, when some see the power of God and they don't understand that. Because they full of sin. You know what they want Jesus to do? Go. Sometimes you tell them, they say, take that Jesus stuff out of here. Oh, I remember that scene. I ain't going to talk about it. But I was in there praying for this person. They said, uh-uh, you got to get up out of here with that. Huh? 
You laying there. The doctor's telling you all these crazy things they're going to do to you. I'm telling you what God told me he was going to do for you, and you want me to leave. <laughs> Foolish is that. But that's the, that's the scene right now. They just saw what Jesus just did. Commanded them, the, the, all them demons out of that man. Rank, they run into the pig. The pigs go and drown themselves, and they say, you got to go. Amen. What is that? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to show you when we testify what it looked like. Amen. <laughs> what you might run into. They telling you to leave. Amen. <laughs> you there with the words of eternal life. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all see why I'm spending time in this evangelism business. You see why I'm spending this time. I don't want to do a drive-by and run past this. I want you to get all of this. We're going to get all the meat off the bone. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Lord, I thank you. Look at verse 38. So Jesus, let me just say this about verse 37. Jesus is not going to force himself on anybody. Amen. I just want you all to know, what did Jesus do? And he went up to the ship and returned back again. He just went on back. He didn't argue with him. I don't know. I, I might have. If, if I had done something like that, I might have said, did you all see what I just did? I want to bless you. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to change your life forever. Get them demons out of you. You want me to leave? That's what I would have said. <laughs> but Jesus didn't do all that. He just got back in the ship and left. I'm not going to force myself on you. Amen. Oh, please. Y'all got to see it. Thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 38. It says, now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, now here's, here's what makes sense. The man who Jesus just delivered all them demons out of, he wanted to stay with Jesus. Oh, that make a whole lot of sense to me. He like, oh, I can't leave you. <laughs> I was a lunatic. I was insane. I was running around naked with no clothes and busting out of chains. and I can't leave you. Oh, that make a lot of sense to me right there. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but you know what Jesus told him? Jesus sent him away. <laughs> why? Let's, let's find out why he sent him away in verse 39. Look at verse 39. It says, return to thine own house and show how great things God have done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him testimonial evangelism. Yeah. How is he giving this evangelist report? Through his testimony. What happened to him? Amen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get this in y'all spirit today. <laughs> Hallelujah to you, Lord God. It says, and he went his way and published throughout the whole city. See, when God do something that magnificent for you, you want everybody to know. Let me tell you what God did for me. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me say something about our God. He, he, he's no respecter of persons, right? If he do it for me, if he did it for this one, this man full of all them demons, he'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So 
he sent him back and this man went and evangelized, right? <laughs> but look what happened in verse 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, when he went back in that city, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. See what your testimony do? Your testimony will prepare them to, for Christ to be waiting on him. They not telling him, they ain't saying, you got to go. They not afraid anymore. They was afraid at first. It was just too, too magnificent. But then that man went throughout the whole city. They looking at him like this, the one that lived in the graveyard. Look at him. He talking like he got some sense. <laughs> How in the world? And then they thinking about what them pig herders said. We saw Jesus step to them demons, command them out. They begged him, talking about, don't send us to the abyss. Huh? No, 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 don't send us to hell. He, can we go into the pigs? Go ahead. <laughs> and then they ran into the pigs, and the pigs just went crazy and killed themselves. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's a sight. That's a sight for saved eyes. Amen. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. So after they heard that man's testimony, they were greatly, they greatly received Christ, saints. As a matter of fact, what did it say they were waiting on him? Please come back. <laughs> I know they had to be saying, oh, Lord, please come back. Amen. <laughs> and, and many truly are waiting on us to tell our story, saints. You know, don't be afraid to tell your story. Amen. God will give you the perfect time. When he give you that time and that testimony, because he's going to give everybody in here a testimony. How does the testimony come, Pastor? Through a test. <laughs> huh? So you're going to get a test. You're going to think it's a bad thing. <laughs> See, many times when the test and the trial come, we think it's a bad thing. Amen. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. It's a bad thing. No, it's a test. <laughs> and a test only creates, if you believe God, a testimony. You're just going to be, do you know, I went through this, this, but I just kept believing God. I just kept believing. I read the scripture every day. Lord, you said you are the God that healeth me. I just kept reading it every day. Then when, when that sickness come out of your body, <laughs> you're going to run around and tell everybody. Amen. Lord, do you know what the Lord, do you know what I went through? Do you know my story? You hear people talk like that. They just give you a testimony. You should listen. Amen. What's, what's your story? Amen. It's encouraging. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, I thank you. I gave the people what you told me to give them. <laughs> you said you can do it, Rudy. I know you're tired, but you can get up and go give them this word. <laughs> Amen. And I did. I did. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for getting me here to this place and being a blessing to your people. Thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Just give you the glory. To God be all the glory. Everybody say amen to that. Because I know it's none of me. I just wanted to stay home. 
Amen. I just wanted to lay down and relax in bed today, saints of God. That would have been my choice. But it's not my will. It's his will. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thy will be done. Everybody say amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.